so no intro again. This is the reaction pod. We just watched season eight, episode five. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to be titled, but I got a fair guess it's going to be the Mad Queen. Either um, that or Dracarys, because uh, that seems to have been the recurring theme of this episode in many a way. If I yeah. sound vaguely drunk, it's not because I've been drinking. I'm. I just feel very drunk right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I. I don't I'm, know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with this. I'm worn out. I am exhausted in a way I've not felt watching a Game of Thrones episode. That was just... That was... I. When I say that that was horrible, I don't mean anything about the quality of the episode. I just mean that was horrendous to watch. That was... Yeah. Ep- nothing that I expected. I had no idea they were to go that full Mad Queen. And god damn, that was just wrenching to just keep watching it get worse and worse and worse and more devastating and more terrible for all the characters. Um, yeah. yeah. We, I was complaining that they were going to set up Cersei as the ultimate villain of the show, but no, they've nope. got a change up and it is very much Danny. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I really don't know what to say about the episode um, other than it surprised me. Mm-hmm. And the fandom has been screaming and yelling that this was too predictable. So uh, take that, fandom. Yeah. Um, it was really, really well done. Uh, I mean, it was just a. It, I mean, it, it's, for all of the hype about episode three, this was an incredible battle sequence. Now, this, this was. We talked about how we were hoping for a Winds of Winter Sapochnik episode and. That was this. This was, you know, the friggin' Sept of Baylor times 10 in terms of just sheer devastation that we saw unfold and horrific detail. Yeah, they didn't hide you from it. All right, so let's try to go through the dead list um, because we got a lot of dead people. We have a um, lot of dead people and more need to come next episode. <laughs> you got one in particular in mind? I got, um, I got two. Fuck Grey Worm. Well... Eh, I don't know. Grey Worm is just sort of an arm of Danny. He's always been that. And, what and when he saw Danny roast the city, he said, "Okay, this is what my queen says. These are, these are my queen's enemy." Well, and if I then if he is merely a mindless drone of her will, he dies with her as her will dies. Yeah, I. You know what? Um, I don't feel good about Danny. Not because she not because she torched the entire city, mm-hmm. um, and not because pretty much everybody's going to hate her now, including John. But because Arya didn't die. What? Because Arya didn't die. Explain. Well, I'm saying I think Arya's going for Danny. Oh, she, she oh, came that's to why the you city. feel bad for Danny. I got you now. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Danny would probably skate. I'm not sure John would kill her, but I think Arya, having survived and having that focus on her surviving and getting that horse and leaving, sets up for. I think she's going after Danny now, and in the whole episode. She was witness to Danny's car- carnage, right? And she she saw what she was doing. Uh, she didn't trust her to begin with, but now everything's been validated. So with Arya still on the board, uh, I don't feel good about Danny. No, and the fact that Arya literally rode from the scene on a pale horse, she is yeah. de- she is death coming. I mean, this episode straight up finally explained to us that prophecy vision that Danny had in season two, episode ten, the only vision the show's ever given us from the you know, the House of the Undying. 
of when she walks into the ruined remains of the throne room in King's Landing in the Red Keep and there's seemingly snow falling down upon it? No, we read it wrong. It's ash. Yes, but that's not the only prophecy they gave us. Uh, well, I guess it may be a prophecy, but they did do some foreshadowing. When Bran had the Werewood.net download, mm-hmm. he had one shot, which was a dragon flying over King's Landing. Yeah. And we got that exact shot in this episode, which was we pretty did. cool. We did. Um, so you want to talk about the dead list? All right. Let's let's go through. I mean, the first death is Varys. Let's pour, pour some out. Pour some out for my boy Varys, the Master of Whispers, the Spider. It's, uh, it's, it seemed almost like a willing suicide. Uh, he was in making very little effort to hide himself, to obscure what he was trying to do, and he marched calmly to his death. I think in some ways he, this was so much of what he had fought for and hoped for, and now it had utterly turned against him, and he saw what was coming better and more clearly than anybody else did. Yeah, he's been validated. In a horrendous, terrifying way. As he said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I deserve this. He was not. Now, shout out to the mountain for killing Kyburn. I feel like that is <laughs> so poetic, right? Like, you made me this monster. You have made me miserable by keeping me alive. And he was able to just toss him. I thought that was great. And shout out to the final Clegane Bowl that the fandom do, 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 had do, do, always do, do, hoped do, 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 for. It was epic. It was wrathful. It was vengeful and hateful. And it ended the only way it could with the two of them killing themselves to kill each other. Yeah, I, I felt like Clegainball delivered. Yeah. That delivered for me. Um, so so we got Kyburn, we got the mountain. You're on Greyjoy. We got Sandor. We got Sandor too. Don't leave him out. Yep, got Sandor. We got Euron. Euron died. And Jamie. then we have Jamie and Cersei dying in each other's arms. Yeah, the show always had way too much of a romantic end to what their relationship is. I think I even saw Benny Evan Wise refer to them previously as star-crossed lovers, which... Ew. I know. Uh, but the show really wanted to make their end tender and sad and make them and their loss the ultimate tragedy of the whole episode and among all the rest of the carnage, which I don't no, agree with that, that so at all. Sp- well, it was funny because I'm, I'm watching the episode. Um, my in-laws are here because... Uh, my wife graduated with a PhD this weekend, so shout out to her. Congrats, her. My in my in laws were here, and my mother in law watched the episode. Now she doesn't watch Game of Thrones, and she kept asking us through the episode, "Okay, who are the good guys?" No and one we, anymore. yeah, and, and Sarah and I just turned and we're like, "We're not sure anymore. Like we don't know who. I mean, I know Arya is good. I know John is good. I know Tyrion is good. That's about it. Arya, John, Tyrion, Davos. That's it." That's the end of the list. <clears throat> that's that's all we're really certain of anymore. Everybody else showed their true colors, and God, I didn't want to see them. Yeah, so we can talk about, okay, so Danny looked rough. And, well, let's back up even before that. The previously on did this crazy, like, shot of Danny and, like, whispers of all of the things about the Mad King. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, okay, you just telegraph that. Um, so I felt like Mad Queen was on the table. I didn't know it was quite on the table to this level. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Varys dies because he's... Um, Prin- principled and determined and wants to make a statement with his death to those and, that he believes and hopes will listen. And Tyrion is the one that sells him out. Tyrion does have a tender moment with Varys right before he is executed via Dragonfire. And the look on Jon's face after that, Jon was not digging the Dragonfire death. No, he wasn't. I'm amazed he actually st- st- stood there to watch it. That doesn't seem like the thing that John's just going to allow happen. Yeah. 
So the Golden Company, can we shout out that the Golden Company um, is possibly the only army to flame out faster than the Dothraki? Although I guess Danny still has some Dothraki. How, how does Danny have this many Dothraki and Unsullied still? She's got an. Yeah, we'll shit on that in the full episode yeah. later in the week. But the Golden Company came and went pretty damn fast. They just got fucking effortlessly. Smoked. I mean, it's one of the things that's been so interesting where we talked about how. The show is really minimized in some ways the effectiveness of dragons that they'd showed come come about with an effective counter for them. We had no idea how that would work. And then this show this episode just straight focused on the fact of no 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 no. When used correctly, this wins all. And I actually like that. Yeah, I, I do. I really but... like that about this episode. That like we talked about it. This show has telegraphed the fact that Drogon can dodge bolts. Yeah. And he did just that, and Danny strategically took out all of the uh, all of the scorpions. I thought it was that that to me brought back a little bit of the sort of like okay the normalcy of the canon, which yeah. is when you have a dragon you win, right? So so long as you, it's under conditions that you're controlling rather than someone else setting the tone for things. Which this and time Danny planned this out intelligently in a way she had not before. She also came straight down from the sky, which I called out in our podcast we literally yeah. recorded she, this morning. <laughs> she, she was going straight Red Baron out of that, flying out of the sun, straight down from the sky, and just lancing over them quickly, giving them no time to aim or, rec- or correct their course. Which, by the way, that podcast is out. We did a full podcast of um, episode four. Uh, we got that up today. So. Yeah. <laughs> which, makes this, which makes this all the more raw, just from every prediction and thought we had being dashed the episode to its credit surprised me again with just how audacious they're still willing to be yep. um that this legitimately plays out interesting this sets up a very different finale than anything we were really effectively pondering um and i i mean i'm just run through the ringer because i i would turn to a Bridget, my girlfriend, at one point in the episode and just said, what is there left to feel here other than pain? There's no one to cheer for. No, no, John. John. We can still Maybe. cheer for John. He still, he still charged in under her command knowing the risk of all this. Admittedly, he's seen the error of his ways and maybe can now correct it. But He did, our- Paul, but he did pull back. He did call for a retreat. For the sake of, of, this, of his army surviving, Danny was probably causing as much devastation to them at the end as she was to whatever she viewed as her enemies. Oh, interesting. So you thought he pulled back because he just didn't know where the dragon fire was going. Because I thought he pulled back because he was like, this is, we have screwed this up. Like, I, we have got to get out of here. Why not both? Yeah, probably a little both. Um, so some powerful uh, moments from the episode. I'd like to call out the civilians yelling ring the bells ring yeah. the bells and did not expect this at all absolutely shocked me cersei said actually ringing the bells she did, heard them and she did it did she give the order or was it just done without her control that well it was my i assume that she did because when the bells started ringing she didn't seem angry she just started crying and looked down i almost like, it wasn't it was- like it wasn't like she was like no this shouldn't be happening i think i think she'd given the order but anyway go ahead give it I- another take I almost thought it was Jamie. Uh, I didn't play out this way, but when it first happened, I was thinking, oh, that's where Jamie went. He went to the bell tower to end the friggin' war. Um, but no, I, I don't think it was her command. I think it was just as we saw, that her army had realized that this was done and somebody went in and declared the end of the war. Um, I don't think she... 
Cersei was this is just such so interestingly different from anything we've seen previously for her character over the last few seasons. But she was very much a passive victim to what we saw. She was she had little role other than being an observer as she watched everything that she's built and striven for and accomplished through her brilliance collapse under the power of something that is beyond anything she could ever achieve. That this well, was finally <laughs> Danny revealing the full force of her hand in a way that she hadn't yet before on this show. Well, we talked about this about 12 hours ago. Yeah. We said, how does Danny still think that she couldn't do this? Well, this is how. Uh, she has Drogon, who is the best, biggest, smartest dragon she had. And she just was determined. Uh, and she was not willing to spare any lives. Now, the moment, like I was building up to, the moment when the, the, the crowd is yelling, ring the bells, the bells actually ring, regardless of who, who actually rings them. Sure. That's the turning point of the episode. That is where you have the fork in the road. And Danny goes the other way. And I did not expect it. No. Just this morning, I'm I, by the way, I'm such a Fairweather fan. Just this morning, I announced my allegiance to Danny. It took me that long. It took me that long to get to Danny, and then <laughs> the next episode, she completely flips on us. But yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you have no choice but to root against Danny and hope someone can kill her. I would think it's either Arya or John. Um, I would be shocked if Danny survives the finale. Your thoughts? I cannot picture Danny surviving the finale. I cannot imagine the show ending with her sitting the throne but the show has done a good job of defying my expectations uh as we said we have a very limited collection of people that are still fighting for anything i'd hope people would still fight for for still possibly standing for a cause i can rally behind and i do fully very much hope that one of them does what jamie once stood for um i uh, I said I struggle for words. This was a grinding, difficult to watch episode. Um, it was not what I was expecting to feel right now, and I'm still coping with it. And All right, buddy. Well, you you take a knee. You you deal because I got a few points I want to talk about. One is I don't think we've given enough credit to Grey Worm for being a great individual fighter. I know that sure. Grey Worm was back in Danny here, and that's that's problematic in a lot of ways. Well, not in a lot of ways, like in every way. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be backing Danny, but man, is he a good one-on-one fighter. And he's actually good in close quarters with a spear, uh, which you don't usually see. And I don't know if that's just like the show, you know, taking some liberties or not. But, I mean, no, it, on, the, on the surface of it, you have to be very impressed with Grey Worm. No, a skilled spear fighter can be very lethal just because he's got extra range he can adjust his range to fight against any opponent. We saw that with Grey Worm. He was quickly adjusting the range in his grip to fight off enemies at all kinds of distances. Very effectively. Admittedly, a lot of them were unarmed and he was butchering, surrendering soldiers. Um, but, you know, details. Details, details, as Spencer says. We're going to get a t-shirt printed up with details, details. <laughs> Sell it on mangumtalks.com. Next thing I want to talk about is I finally got it, Spencer. I did. I got it. I've been waiting for it. I pitched it to you. You said I wasn't going to get it. I got the tender moment between Arya and Sandor that I've been waiting for. Arya says to Sandor, after Sandor absolutely correctly says, get the hell out of here because I'm going to die. If you stay here, you are going to die. And the queen's dead anyway, so get the hell out of here. She says, Sandor, thank you. That was a powerful scene. That was a... We've always talked about how close their relationship was over that season of them traveling together and how much they were able to 
bond with each other in a way they hadn't with other characters. And so having that moment of when Sandor is able to connect with her over the power of revenge on what's motivating them and just basically see, look at me, which I love the callback there to the, like yeah, season two. Yeah, look at me. Yeah. Um, do you want to be this? This is the only fate you can hope for with the path you're on. And it rings true to Arya. It breaks through the revenge-focused mindset that she's propelling herself with for seasons now. And she goes off. She goes into the streets. But I tell you, sir, I think if any list remains in her heart, there's only one name on it right now. Daenerys Targaryen, first of her name. I don't think she's done. I don't think she can be done. I don't think any character that still breathes, who has a hope for a better future, can stand silent or still while that occurs and the person that's responsible for it moves in to sit what remains of the Iron Throne. Okay, so quick takes. Are you going to be okay if Arya kills the Night King and Danny? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I don't care. I think they've point. set it up well. Well, <laughs> I think they have set it up well um, that, you know, Dan- Arya will probably be able to get access to Danny. I don't think she'll do and it. And I, I think if she does it, if, if Arya does kill Danny, I do think John's going to give her a pass. I think John's going to be cool with it. I think Arya will be there and may be a distraction, may even get caught in the effort. I think it's John. I think, I think in some ways. Nisa, gonna, Nisa. I, yeah. I think in some ways they're going to give us the Valonqueer prophecy, but instead of with Jamie doing it to Cersei, it'll be John doing it to Danny. Woo! Um, Zig instead of Zag. I, I, I think it, he's one of the few people that could actually get closer to close enough to her to make it happen. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see because I mean her army's intact, the city is wrecked, but she, we saw that last scene. It was almost like she was marching into Winterfell with how much ash is being blown across the ground. Yeah. I remember back to the prophecy in like season two. Was that I think it was in the House of the Undying where that prophecy is of her and the yeah. ruined Red Keep. Yeah, in that season two, yeah. But it immediately cuts from the end of that to a shot of the wall. Right. So you think it's yeah you see, yeah I, it's a it's a good point. You think it's snow, but it's not. I and just the fact that it's tying to snow. Uh, again, I I think John's gonna be the one to do it. I think John, in some ways, has to be the one that does it. And it will be tragic. It will be bittersweet. It won't be bittersweet. It'll just be tragic. We've gone past bitter. We've gone past bittersweet at this point. There's nothing to be sweet about. It's just no, a matter. I, I do think it is. I mean, if if John does kill her, um, it'll be John reasserting a sort of moral authority in the Seven Kingdoms. Certainly, uh, and if he sits the throne, uh, which I think they we have, la- you know, early in this episode, we've laid the ground for John sitting the throne because I don't know how many of these damn ravens Varys sent out. But he was clearly sitting there. This is like uh, this is like Stannis writing about, yeah. you know, how <laughs> how Joffrey Baratheon was a uh, a, a bastard uh, born out of incest. I mean, I think Varys was just sending ravens everywhere. Well, it it also seems important that I didn't see any forces other than Northerners, Dothraki, and Unsullied. Uh, I think I saw some couple ni- knights of the Vale, um, but I didn't see the Prince of Dorne. I, no, didn't, I didn't see either, any yeah. forces from anywhere one. else. Yeah. So, but they. Davos one point simply said the rest of the forces are showing up later down the way, and it seemed like they weren't even going to wait for them. So it could be a yeah. situation of where the rest of Westeros shows up ready for the battle and just finds carnage. And goes, and, uh, okay, so uh, so we've switched. <laughs> Who are going to need? What alternatives do we have? That guy, the guy with the beard, great. We're with you. Um, yeah, but the only, I mean, the way they've set this up, the only way this works is if Danny is just killed by surprise because. 
I mean, at this point, there's nothing left to kill Drogon. No. Um, she is all-powerful as long as she is on Drogon. Though, we've seen before that Drogon's one of the few, one of the few people that uh, Drogon will let close is John. Yeah, but he's not going to... I mean, she rides Drogon, right? She, she does, but we saw it before when she you know, tried to intimidate John with Drogon coming up close. Drogon instead just curiously reached over and started just sniffing him and let John pet him. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. So John can get access to her you got even it. if Drogon is close. Okay, I got you. You got it. And A, she'll let him close because she's still in love with him, whatever else has occurred. And B, Drogon will let him close because he trusts and connects with him to a certain degree in a way that no one else really can. Um, man, alive. I mean, so I got a few more things I want to jump into. Yeah. Um, one is I love the choice that Miguel Sapochnik made um, with the last time we saw Danny was when the bells were ringing and she made the call, I'm going to burn the city. We never saw her again after that. So we're just left as the audience to wonder, what the hell is she doing? Like, we, didn't, uh. we never even see her make that choice. Well, I mean, we see her, I guess, make the choice, but we don't see her as she's burning all of these thousands and thousands no. of people. No, um, and I think that, that adds to the tension a little bit. It does. I mean, it, it, it treats her as she is in this moment. She is carnage incarnate. She's no longer a human. She's just, in some ways, the specter and avatar of bloody-minded revenge. Uh, and I think it's even effective that even in the preview for the next episode... Did you watch the preview? Yeah, it was like nothing. It was nothing, but it distinctly does not show her. The only shot we get of her is her looking out over King's Landing, covered in ash blown that looks like snow, and it's only a shot from behind. We're still not seeing her. In some ways, she, Danny, the character we've known for eight seasons now, is irrelevant she is dead and gone what she she is something different now and should only be regarded as such yeah <laughs> how would you like to see like a uh, matted twisted hair long fingernails <laughs> I, mean, I mean hell at this point she's gone far worse than anything her father ever did i mean yeah her father yeah, she literally burned the city her father and, is, she, and she just d- kept doing it so systematically yeah. like that that's the thing that's so jarring yeah. It's like, you would think she'd make a point of it. Like, okay, I'm going to kill a few and then go after the Red Keep. No, she didn't go to the Red Keep until the end. She burned everything but in her path before it. No, I mean, it's one of those things of where, at one point, you know, Cersei talked about how the ultimate way of destroying someone is to destroy everything that they love, everything that they have, everything they stand for, and make them watch it happen. Um, like what she did to um, Ilaria Sand for having her daughter die in front of her. I feel like in some ways this was Cersei doing, this was Danny doing that to Cersei of, let me just show you the full extent of your impotence. Let me just destroy everything that you've invested, everything in building. Let me watch your. Let me let you watch your queenship burn before you, and then I will kill you. Yeah, and but what you know, Danny doesn't get the um, the satisfaction of seeing Cersei die. No, um, which I, I don't even know at this point if she cares about. But uh, a couple more things to touch on before we wrap up. Um, so I think a lot of the fandom and folks that I'm close with questioned okay does cersei have wildfire left we got to see it there was wildfire left i'm not sure that cersei necessarily knew it was in these places but yeah. as the city burned as dragonfire dropped down from the sky there was very clearly some some green explosions so there I, was wildfire left in the city I, i'm interpreting that as probably being the leftover caches of the mad king that still hadn't been yeah. discovered the same way that, of the reserves yep. that she found when she blew up the sept of Baylor. Right there with you. Yeah, I completely agree. And I actually, I was talking to my father-in-law, and he's like, okay, well, that's what that's what Cersei was going for. I'm like, no, I think that's just some leftover caches. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, I, I think uh, Cersei had yeah. invested everything in Quiburn Scorpions. That was 
her hope that those would turn the day that all they had to do was kill the dragon and that was it they, she would win she would win and if they had hit Drogon and taken him down she would have won um but well it depends on the time depends right? on the time if they because got him early it, if they got him early yeah well, yeah right because if she actually was able to spit that fire along the golden company yeah, I, I even if Drogon fell, I still think they would have won, and I actually probably would have been better for everybody, right? Because <laughs> then they would have just won the traditional way, as opposed to burn the city to the ground. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those fun moments of where the world would have been a better place if either a Danny had just choked on her own spit in the morning and never gotten out of bed, or b assuming that didn't happen, uh, moment she blew us under the gates if some random arrow by some random nobody Lannister had just taken her in the throat and taken her down. Um, Ooh, man, you are you hate Danny now. I mean, that's what the show wants me to. I've, I've had my emotions manipulated for what is possibly the last time on this show, and I'm with them enough to hate who they wish me to hate. We'll see how they direct my hate from here. Yeah, I don't. Well, they they only have like an hour and a half to do it, and I think they've set it up. I think you're going to yeah. just get. Um, what no. are the remaining decent people going to do to get rid of Danny and put John on the throne? Now, as we've talked about previously, Spotchik is a master of cinematography, is a national ma- master for mixing in music and images and building an emotional moment among carnage or battle, whatever else. This was very much in keeping for him. But a question of the build up to this moment and whether we buy it or not. I'm in the emotional state they want me to be in. Rewatches will decide whether that holds. But do we find Danny arriving at this moment, making this decision, going full Mad Queen, sufficiently foreshadowed, sufficiently built up? Do we find this realistic? I mean, the episode itself is, again, it's a masterstroke achievement that has left me in a sorry state. But do we find it enough leading up to it to find it convincing? It's a tough question. Um, I'll have to ponder it. Um, I tend to think yes, but I will. Uh, I will chew on that. One more thing I want to talk about before we cut off, because mm-hmm. um, it is late. Um, so, can we just do like a massive shout out to Raymond Dwaldi? Yeah. Because the score yeah. of this episode was phenomenal. The way he worked. Like, here's what's so beautiful about it. And uh, you know, I'm not breaking any ground here everybody knows this but he works in okay he, you see Arya here's Arya's theme you see Cersei here's her theme but you do like Light of the Seven because everything's blowing up but then you you cut to Reigns of Castamere which is like beautifully interwoven with Light of the Seven um, because you're getting the death of the Lannisters like the music in this episode I think is the is a real high point and how he was able to um, over the years, identify certain pieces with certain characters and then mm. use that to tell the story through music as the episode went on. Just a masterstroke by that composer. Very much so. It very much puts you into the moments, both tense buildup and tragedy that just really encapsulated and emphasized the emotional tones they were going for. He has done so wonderfully on this show and this season has been some of his most masterstroke moments. Um, so full credit where it's due. Uh, pairing him with Sapochnik is just a match made in heaven for what they're able to put together on the screen. Yeah, I've got an email into the Westworld folks to, to contact Miguel Sapochnik <laughs> because <laughs> Raymond Walden does the music for them too. <laughs> just everything possible that you can get him on HBO, just keep using him. I mean, we can debate whether his episodes necessarily fit in well for what's been foreshadowed or set up before or what they'll lead into next, but as their own achievements, as their own multi-hour works, God, they're effective. Yeah, I completely agree, man. This was a, a hell of an episode. Um, 
like you, I'm blown back a little bit. I didn't expect it. They they rocked me. So I'm glad we're doing a reaction pod because we're able to capture that confusion in the moment. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up and we start our rewatch and <laughs> our notes for later in the week? Well, the question I got to ask you, what's your prediction for next week? You heard mine. What's yours? I, I am right there with you. I think I think either Arya or John is going to kill. No, him. no, 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 no. You got to pick. Okay. I've got Arya. You got Arya. I got John. I think Arya will kill Danny, and I think John will see it happen, and will allow it, and will allow her to go back north, and will take the throne. And I think that you are going to get during the episode, um, like we talked about, some of the other. Um, armies or folks in, in houses that aren't necessarily uh, displayed during this battle. You talk about the folks from the Reach or Dorne or Riverlands supporting John because at this point Danny has lost uh, you know any credibility with the rest of the Seven Kingdoms. So I think you're going to have other armies come in. I think you're going to have Arya kill Danny. John say it's okay. John sit the throne. Everybody supports him. And at the end, you'll have John sitting the throne, and you will owe me money because you bet against that. All right, house bet, last bet we'll make possibly the season. 20 bucks for you. 20 bucks, Arya or John. You got Arya, I got John. Done. Sold American. Last bet, sir. Last bet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Spencer. Thanks for doing this with me. Um, I I don't have it. I'm not even going to do an outro. No. No intro. Not doing an outro. There's going to be no music to this pod. Uh, We're floored. Uh, You're probably floored, but thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, We're going to do a full pod later in the week where we will break this all down. Talk to you later, Spencer. Till then, mate. See ya.